in this Hebrew way, we have to have more free thinkers. Let's get into it. Yeah, we got that hypnosis. Hmm? The system of this, this wicked system, this Babylonian mystery criminal syndicate system uh, has people in a slum. Have to get out. Oh, you got to be free in your mind. Shalom, 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 and welcome to another episode of Jacob Seed Podcast, where the diaspora speaks. The whole point of this podcast is to get uplifting, encouraging, thought-provoking content out to the African-American diaspora, um, who are also known as uh, the black man, the black woman, the African-American man, the African-American woman, or uh, you may be in Britain, you may be in France, you may be in Australia, uh, you may be in Germany, wherever you are listening to this, you may be in uh, South America, uh, wherever you are, you are a part of the African Semitic diaspora. You are the seed of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Listen, the show is brought to you by Essence 65 uh, Clothing. Essence 65 Clothing. Go over to Essence65.com. Essence, just like the magazine, Essence65.com. It reads, Essence 65 was born out of a passion to celebrate the African-American culture. Here you will find that we are unapologetically black and invite all who support the African-American experience. A lot of our clothing boasts the bright colors of the diaspora and words meant to uplift and celebrate the African-American culture. Our logo dons the phoenix because like the phoenix, our people, no matter the adversity, continue to rise and defeat the odds. Awesome. 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 Also, um, you guys, the website is no longer. JacobCPodcast.com is no longer. So if you're looking to listen to Jacob C. Podcast, the best way to listen is just on your favorite podcasting platforms, whether it be um, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, uh, Spotify, um, or any other of your favorite um, uh, podcast outlets. Okay. Uh, go there and listen to there. Also, uh, if you go to SN65.com, uh, I forgot to say, uh, if you type in um, uh, JSP um, at checkout, you will get an extra 10% off. Type in JSP, as in Jacob C. Podcast. Type in JSP at checkout. You will get an extra 10% off um, of your purchase. And they just don't do retail stuff, although all of their clothes look good. They also do custom stuff. So if you have a school outing, if you have a corporate outing coming up, if you have a birthday coming up, if you have um, a family reunion, whatever it is, um, go ahead and contact uh, SN65.com. It's Info at SN65.com and they can um, uh, supply all of your needs. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get right into this episode on today. Um, we're talking about free thinking, right? So lately I've had this mantra where I say that um, all of us need to have a debt free mind. And when I say debt free mind, I do not, I'm not talking about money, okay? Um, I know a lot of us uh, hope that we at some day can be debt free when it comes to our finances. But I'll talk about a debt free mind. I'm not speaking about money. And excuse me, I have a little bit of a cold. So if you hear me sniffing, I do apologize. But um, when I talk about a debt free mind, I'm talking about being free in your mind. Right. 
as my more uh, said in this intro. Uh, a lot of us are caught up in a system. And the system he was talking about was specifically this uh, this 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 Babylonian uh, criminal syndicate system that has been created by the world powers and got a whole bunch of people tripping. So we got folks on the left side, on the right side, and they're always clashing with one another uh, when they don't understand their leaders are somewhere at some secret Starbucks uh, sipping a latte, laughing and making all kind of money off of the discord and chaos that they cause. But because they don't have a free mind, because they're not free thinkers, they're always getting sucked into some kind of program or movement that really doesn't benefit them, but it benefits their so-called leaders, and they don't understand that their leaders are working with the people who they deem as enemies. Y'all catch that? So, for instance, a lot of us get sucked into this Republican-Democrat stuff, not knowing that in order for government to actually run, which the American government actually runs like a well-oiled machine. So if you sit back and don't really suck in all of the news from Fox News and MSNBC and CBS and ABC and InfoWars and uh, uh, all these other places, you'll see that the American government actually runs like a well-oiled machine. It does exactly what it's meant to do, and that is to run, and that is to make rich people rich, keep poor people poor, and to have a strong, a stranglehold on, on, on commerce and shipping around the world. That is kind of their aim. And they do it very well. But if you listen to the news, if you listen to the media, if you listen to uh, the Chuck Schumers or the, uh, 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 the representatives like uh, uh, Lindsey or, or Mitch McConnell and all these kind of people, you would think that the government is always at a standstill. Because Democrats and Republicans can never get anything right and can never can do anything together. But when you take a step back and look at the whole situation, you'll see that, well, it's only been a few times that our government has actually shut down and it's never been shut down too long because when it came back up, everybody got their money. Everybody was taken care of. You don't uh, too much hear about, um, you know, the people who actually work for the government. You don't hear too much about them not getting them because they, they go through this all the time, right? They've gone through this before. Um, so the government actually runs very smoothly. Uh, but if you are sucked into the Democrat-Republican machine, you are so far against Republicans if you're a Democrat. You're so far against Democrats if you're a Republican. If you voted for Trump, there's no way that uh, Barack Obama and uh, um, Joe Biden can be right. If you if you voted for Joe Biden, there's no way that Donald Trump or George Bush could ever in your mind be right about anything. These are people, ladies and gentlemen, that do that have a debt mind. Their mind, their thoughts, how they move in life is in debt to the people that they allow to control their opinions. Well, ladies and gentlemen. We ought to have a debt-free mind. No one should control your opinions. No one should control your thought process. No one should control how you move and how you think on this earth outside of the Torah. The Torah is the only thing that should give you your marching orders. And if anything rises up against the Torah, then we know that we have to push those things aside and uphold Torah and Torah alone. But anything else, the arbitrary stuff, you have to be able to have a free thinking mind. And unfortunately, 
Unfortunately, I believe, especially especially uh, uh, being in this Hebrew way, I have encountered so many people that have been trapped and have been and their minds are in debt to their camp leaders. Their minds are in debt to their assembly leaders. Their minds are in debt to people that they listen on YouTube. Folks having 10, 15 different folks they listen to on YouTube. And now you now you understand why they sound so crazy when they open up their mouth and talk about these scriptures. And every time they say something, it's, well, my captain said, my bishop said, my moray said, my rabbi said, I saw this on YouTube. Well, what do you think about it, though? And I'm not saying that leaders are insignificant. Because you absolutely need someone to lead. How, how can they know without a preacher? How can they hear without a preacher? But how can that preacher preach unless they were called? We have to have, we have to not be afraid to think out of the box sometimes. And we have to not be afraid to think something different than sometimes the people that we're in community with. Sometimes you're not going to agree with your moray, your captain, your bishop, your whomever, whatever you call your leader. You're not going to agree with them all the time. And newsflash, if you are in a situation, I don't care if you're in a camp. I don't care if you're in an assembly. I don't care if you're in a compound in the middle of 200 acres somewhere. If you are in a situation where you can't respectfully disagree with your leadership and still have fellowship, newsflash, you're in something called a cult. That, ladies and gentlemen, that is not a fellowship. It's not an assembly. It's not a camp. It's called a cult. When your leader has full autonomy, when your leader has full control over your thoughts and what you do and how you do it and when you do it, and if you do anything outside of what your leader says, then you're excommunicated or you're shamed. That's called a cult, ladies and gentlemen. And some of you are listening. Oh, there's no way. He's no, 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 no. Do your again. You're trapped. Do your own research. Look up cults. Look up different cult leaders. And if you're in that situation, whether it's Jim Jones or uh, uh, whether it's um, uh, whoever, Jim Jones just happened to pop to mind because he's one of the most famous people drinking Kool-Aid. Um, even on the religious side, if you in, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, what's my guy back in the early 1900s, late 1800s, um, early 1900s, you had uh, Brother Divine, right, right? Brother Divine. Um, you can look at the Nation of Islam. These people aren't free thinkers. Um, they, they hold up uh, Fraud Muhammad. They're, their leader is called Fraud because he was a fraud. Fraud Muhammad and Elijah Muhammad, um, along with uh, 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 um, uh, the, the current leader they have now. I can't even think of his name, but he talks so bad against government. But it's the government that's paying him all his money, sitting nice and pretty in Chicago in a nice mansion while a lot of his followers are poor and living check to check. You have to be a free thinker. Because you understand when, when Malcolm X decided to be a free thinker and think outside the box when it pertained to Elijah Muhammad, uh, Farrakhan is, is who's over the uh, Nation of Islam right now. Louis Farrakhan. There you go. Name popped in my head. But anyway, when Malcolm X decided to be a free thinker and separate from Elijah Muhammad, what happened to him? They killed him. Why? Because they were afraid 
of a free thinking person because they understood what they were. As long as we have the control of the people, we have power and we have money. Some of y'all assemblies, some of y'all camps operate like the American government y'all claim to hate. They want full power and control over you so they can have power and money. It's not a coincidence that some of these camp leaders are living in well-to-do Jewish neighborhoods. Some of them in New York City, if you know what I'm talking about. So the very people y'all claim to be fake Jews, that y'all claim that y'all hate, that y'all claim are Edomites, those are your neighbors. And do you really think these camp leaders are coming out of their front door and saying you Edomite this and you fake Jew that? No, they waving, saying good morning, how you doing, how's the kids? Because they have a relationship with these people because they understand that they already got your mind trapped. They can say anything and you're going to go with it because you haven't done your own research. You have to have a free, a debt-free mind in this Hebrew way. You have to be a free thinker. The problem is we go off of something based on the word of one person and one person's research, and the whole community runs after it. When the Torah says we shouldn't move or believe anything outside of the witness of one or two people, and I don't mean that that second witness is somebody that that first witness has convinced I mean that second witness is somebody who was independent of the first and has unbiased information about whatever's going on or whatever's being talked about. If that's not the case, then I can't believe him. Listen, if I'm in ABCD camp and all of my captains are telling me one thing, I got to then ask, well, where did you get this information from? I got to ask the important question, according to who? And if the answer is according to the bishop or according to uh, the deacon, then I can't take your word for that. I have to be able to do my own research. And here's the issue, right? So I used to work with some fellas and um, uh, uh, very genuine fellas. Love them dearly. Love them. Love them. Love them. Uh, salt of the earth men. And they were in a particular camp. And I'm not going to say the name of that camp. Uh, but we had a discussion just about. Uh, for uh, uh, Edomites, right? And a head shaving because I have patches all up in my head, okay? And I have uh, had a um, journey, I would say, of letting my precious hair go. So I try to grow my hair out and all these different things. And after a while, I just realized, man, it's just, it's just not for me. And, I, you know, I'm getting more comfortable with it. It's okay. But I shave my hair bald, right? So uh, the first thing they see, obviously, is fringes or whatever, tassels, my zitzits, and, oh, Brother Shalom, awesome. Uh, so you use a razor on your head? Yeah, I do. Let me show you in the scriptures why you shouldn't do that. I already knew where they was going to go. So they go to the scripture, and, you know, you shouldn't use a razor on your head and all this stuff. I said, cool, that's awesome, brother. Where'd you hear that from? Our captain, our deacon just had a whole teaching on this. Well, did you do your re whole research? No, oh, man, the scriptures are clear. Well, let's go up. You, you, you giving me verse 18. Let's go all the way up to verse, verse number one. Verse number one says, And the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons. 
uh-oh. So he's talking to the Levites. You claim to be Judah. Now we have an issue. So something that simple as going all the way up to the first verse in the chapter to understand the context and who they're talking to is very hard for someone who is stuck in a cult, who is stuck in a, a situation where you can't be a free thinker. Because I told them, hey, if y'all believe that y'all Levi, by all means, this pertains to you. But if you're claiming Judah, then this ain't got nothing to do with you. Furthermore, when you understand the Hebrew, the word where it says make a bald spot on your head, um, it translates. I can't I can't remember the exact Hebrew word. I don't have my notes in front of me, but it, it translates to the Hebrew word of to destroy. Right. So it's not necessarily a razor on your head to where your hair keeps growing back because you could be a bald, clean shaven, no beard having Hebrew. And there's plenty of Hebrews in history when we look up pictures and uh, different historical markers and different historical images drawn of different Hebrews, we see that they are clean shaven. Okay. Uh, Josephus uh, says that the Messiah uh, was unable to grow a beard. So, or at least it was very patchy. So the word there is not necessarily to cut the hair or to destroy or to cut the hair, the word is it signifies to destroy your beard or to destroy your hair on your head in a way to which it never grows back again. So if I were to go to Bosley and get laser hair removal, then I would be out of step with the Torah. Okay? To, to take my, my beard hair out in a way, to rip it out in a way to where it never, ever grows back again. But, you wouldn't know that if you didn't do your own independent, unbiased, I don't care what my bishop or somebody said, research. And not that I don't care in a way where it's disrespectful, but it's like, okay, I, I heard what you said, but let me do my own research so I know that it's for a fact and not just your opinion. Because a lot of times these, 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 these leaders out here, give, they, they give opinion based off of trauma, not based off of facts. They've been through a thing. So, for instance, uh, I heard one of the bishops um, from one of the uh, uh, larger uh, Hebrew communities say that you should not be getting baptized. It's against the word to be baptized. Now, these are New Testament believing Hebrew assemblies that said this. You should not be getting baptized, right? Um. And he told a story about how, uh, as a child, that he um, was baptized so many times and that you don't need to be baptized anymore because now you're baptized in the word. Uh, Yeshua is the word that you're baptized in. Really, though, the problem is that that opinion comes out of a place of trauma and not of a place of scripture or a place of fact, Right. Uh, I'm trying to find, um, I'm trying to find the verse. Let's see here. It's in Acts chapter two. It's in Acts chapter two. Um, let's see here. I'm scrolling. I'm sorry, y'all. 
I, I wouldn't need this wasn't even part of the thing, but it's just different, different. Um, different um, examples of where I've seen different leaders just tell folks stuff that just ain't right. And folks run with it because they don't have a free thinking mind. They can't go into the scriptures for themselves and read the scriptures in an unbiased, undenominational way to where you can get the truth out of the scriptures. So I've, I've told the, the guys that I've worked with, I was like, yo, listen, if I was going to come over to this side just to take the word of my camp leader, assembly leader, uh, compound leader, whatever you're part of, I might as well stay in the Christian church because that was my folly in the Christian church. Anything the pastor said, I just I just run with it blindly. Yep, it's true because pastor such and such, apostle such and such said so, so it must be true. One day I picked up the Bible for myself and got to reading and understanding that a lot of stuff they were saying and not by any kind of malice, they were just ignorant because somebody told them and they ran with it. It just wasn't true. Like It's not true that the law is done away with. It's not. It's just not true. It's not true that Yahshua is God. It's, it's just not true. He's the son of God. And that's mentioned and made very clear by Yahshua himself that he says there's none good but the father in heaven. My father is greater than me. I'm only doing the will of my father. I'm going to sit at the right hand of my father. So he's doing his own will, sitting at the right hand of his own self. Come on, y'all. And then every time you look up a, 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 a letter written from Paul or otherwise, it always gives homage to the Father in heaven and their Lord, Yahshua HaMashiach, as the world knows as Jesus Christ. So we see the separation, but I never saw that until I start reading the scriptures for myself. I never saw all the scriptures that point us back to the Torah and back to following the law. So when they're talking about the law in the New Testament, there's two laws at work, really three. There's one, legalism. Two, the oral traditions, which would be called the Talmud or the Mishnah. And three, the actual law or the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And the words from the, from, from the, prophet, the great prophet Moses. So now what, what, what Paul is talking about, what Yahshua is talking about is like, yo, y'all been making stuff up on the fly. And we call that legalism. Woe unto you. Also, you've taken the oral tradition and you've made it more important than the actual words that the Most High gave to Moses. So it's not that the oral tradition is bad. It's not that the Talmud or the Mishnah are bad. Y'all just made it so authoritative that it's made the words of Moses obsolete. That's what's bad. Y'all made something good great. Y'all made it into an idol. It's a bad thing. But the law... As Paul says, or Shaul would say, it's good and it's holy, he says in Romans chapter 7. And his, his desire is to do the law. But his flesh keeps getting in the way. And when I understood that, I was like, oh my goodness. And then when you go into the Old Testament and you see all these things that says, you know, statutes forever, 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 forever. And those same Christian folks will tell you, well, the law done away with. When the Most High said, his stuff is forever. And in the same breath, those same Christians will tell you that God, you don't change. Today, yesterday, and forever, he's the same. Well, if that's the case, why are you trying to change something that he implemented? Why? Because it was nailed to the cross through the blood of Yahshua, 
When in Matthew 5, 17, he himself says, I did not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill the law. And he said that by no means, not one jot nor, nor tittle of this law will, be, will pass away until all be fulfilled. All ain't been fulfilled, ladies and gentlemen. We're still here on this earth. He ain't came back yet. But when I start understanding that for myself, that's when I became freed from the clutches of these false Christian doctrines and theologies. And I understood, number one, that I should be following the law. And then once I start studying the Torah and just seeing who these people were, I start saying, I start, man, these, this sounds so enough, sound like a bunch of Negroes. Let me do a DNA test. Let me uh, search the people. Let me do some migration stuff. And that's when I, I landed on your Ron Dalton's and um, your B'nai Israel's and um, uh, Joshua Cullens and all these other people who had uh, documentaries about how like in ineligible proof from three, three different brothers given language, given migration, given DNA, given just historical stuff that's not that that we just because we don't read that's not trying to be hidden anywhere just historical stuff that proves that we are in fact the people you part of the transatlantic slave trade more than likely you part of the you you are a blood descendant of abraham isaac and jacob you part of the trans uh, uh trans-saharan slave trade more than likely, you are a blood descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But you don't see any of these things when your mind is, is in debt to somebody else. But just as it was in Christianity, it's the same in this way. If you don't free your mind, you will be coming up with all kind of crazy theologies and crazy doctrines and crazy beliefs, not knowing where they come from, you just know your captain said it. You just know your bishop said it. You just know your moray said it. And a lot of times, a lot of these camps and assemblies are very anti-Talmud, anti-Mishnah. But a lot of stuff you get from because your captain and your bishop, they ain't anti. They'll talk bad about it, but they get all the information from it. Because we always like 613, 613, 6. Well, how do you know we have 613 laws? Well, find that where did Moses say, where did Moses count and say that you got 613 uh, commandments in this in this Torah? It's you're not going to find it in your scripture. You ain't going to find it in King James. You ain't going to find it in the complete Jewish version. You ain't going to find it in the ESV. You ain't going to find it in the ASBSBN, ABCDEFG version of the Bible. It's not there. But where is it? It is in the Talmud, ladies and gentlemen, codified by a brother by the name of Rambam. All right. Or Mohammedes would be his name. He was a he was a Spanish Jew. He codified. He counted the fact that there's 613 laws. So many are negative. So many are positive. And then he took the liberty of breaking them down by subject, meaning these are the laws for the kings. These are laws for men. These are laws for women. These are laws for children. These are laws for farmers. These are laws for, 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 for slave owners. These are laws for slave. On down the line. But you're not going to find that in your scriptures. A lot of people believe that the serpent in the Garden of Eden had physical relations with Eve. 
you're not going to find that anywhere in your scripture. You're not even going to find that in your Jashers or your Enochs um, or your Jubilees in your, in your books that were taken out of the canon. But you will find that. And it's called the Legends of the Jews, found in what? Your Talmud. See, ladies and gentlemen, in order to <laughs> have a clear mind and be free, you have to be a free thinker. I say often now that free thinking is the new Harriet Tubman. Why do I say that? Because Harriet Tubman freed a whole lot of kidnapped folks from the continent of Africa. And I, I say kidnapped folks because they weren't just slaves. They were kidnapped. So she freed a lot of them. And she would not allow them to go back. If you wanted to go back to your slave master, she had a revolver with six bullets in there just for you. Sometimes she had a shotgun just for you. So if we're moving forward, we're moving forward. If we're going toward freedom, we're going toward freedom. We're not going to let anybody stop us. So when you have a free mind, you're free indeed. Because now I should be able to go to my Friday night or Saturday morning, afternoon service, whatever it may be, Wednesday night Bible studies, and present opinions or present findings that maybe people in my assembly or my camp have not voiced yet because they had not have done the, done the research. And if I'm, if I'm instantly vilified, instantly rebuked, now I understand that I'm in a cult. I am not in an environment that, that, um, that inspires or wants free thinkers. And that should be dangerous to you. That should be a red flag to you. You should not want to be in a place where they do not encourage free thinking. And if you're a Christian brother or sister and you listen to this, it's the same for you too. If you're in a, a church and you start to read your scriptures and you start understanding uh, of this greater way, as Paul would say, the way that Paul even said in, in, um, in Acts, uh, I believe that's uh, chapter 24, verses 14, I believe, around there, or 14, 24, one of them. Um, actually, you know what? I want to I get it. I ain't going to do that to y'all. Um, I want to get exactly what he said. I believe it's 24, 14. Let me go there. Yes, Acts 24, 14, Paul or Shaul said, but this I confess to you that according to the way which they call a sect, I worship the God of our fathers, believing everything laid down by the law and written in the prophets. So you telling me that Paul is teaching you to not do the law, yet he believes everything in the law? That the Messiah that you say, that you believe in, that you call Jesus, is a law-abiding Jew all the days of his life. All of his disciples are law-abiding Jews all the days of their life. And then when you go into Acts chapter 10, where they say, hey, you, uh, Peter had a dream about eating pigs, so you can eat a pig. When you realize and you read that whole chapter, you understand that he's not talking about animals. He's actually talking about a man, a centurion. When God says, hey, you don't call unclean what I've called clean. He's talking about people because God has never called a pig clean. Matter of fact, a pig is an abomination to eat. He hates it. According to the book of Leviticus, you look at your dietary laws, Leviticus chapter 11. That's not changed. That's why Peter was arguing in the dream with the most high. Cause he's like, yeah, you can't be talking about food. And he was right. He wasn't talking about food. He was talking about a man. 
So when you begin to free your mind of all these ignorant theologies, whether it be, whether it be in the, the, the Hebrew way, whether it be in the Christian way, then you can walk closer to God because now you have a better understanding of who he is and how he wants you to live. And I would say if you're somewhere that does not encourage free thought, please get out. And if you're scared to get out, that's another uh, red flag that my brother, my sister, you might be in a cult. Cults don't want free speech. Cults don't want free thinking. They want you to believe whatever they say based on just their opinion. And a lot of times in this Hebrew way, their trauma. Because brothers and sisters have been through some stuff from wherever they went. Some of them came straight up from the prison right into the camp, right into the assembly. And now they're leading it. They come from rough neighborhoods all around this country. They come from Christian denominations who were so overbearing and had a stronghold so tight that in their mind, they're like, I'm never going to do this again. And they lead based off of trauma and not off of the freedom of the scriptures, not off of the freedom of yoking yourself with the Messiah gives you. Because they're, 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 they're stressed and they're laden, heavy laden, but they're not, putting the, they're not casting their cares on him. They're not casting their burdens on him. They're not taking up his yoke, which is easy, and his burden, which is light. They're trying to carry their own stuff because they're prideful men. They're prideful women. What is pride? Pride is the killer to free thinking. If your, if your leader is prideful, it's the, it's the enemy to free thinking. Why? According to the dictionary, pride is high or inordinate opinion of one's own dignity, importance, merit, or superiority, whether as cherished in the mind or as displayed in bearing or conduct, etc. So when I prop my own self up and that my words are final, that's a prideful leader. Get away from that. Or it says a becoming or dignified sense of what is due to oneself or one's position or character. And we have a lot of those leaders. We even have a lot of those people who ain't even in leadership that's in the Hebrew way or in the Christian way that think like that. They think too much of themselves. They're not willing to be humbled. They're not willing to admit when they're wrong. You can show them scripture after scripture, like the brothers. Like, okay, for instance, the example I gave with the head shaving. They also had to think about the Edomites. We hate Edomites. We can't stand Edomites. This, that, and the other about Edomites. Well, what does the scripture say uh, about the Edomite, though? Let's go there real quick. Let's go there real quick. It's in Deuteronomy. I'm about to pull it up. Some of y'all going to be like, man, I never knew that, that was in there. Well, of course you wouldn't because <laughs> your camp leader, your assembly leader, preached so bad about so-called Edomites and who they think they are, the so-called white man, who, who, who if you do your research, that's not even all the way true. Uh, anyway, we ain't going to get into who they are. Just who, whoever you believe the Edomite is, this is what our Torah says about them. Deuteronomy chapter 23 Verses 7 and 8. It says, Thou shall not abhor an Edomite. It means you should not hate an Edomite. Nor for he is thy brother. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. 
What's the New Testament say about the brother? How can you say that you love a God, John would say, that you can't see, but hate your brother that you can see? Then he goes on to say, if you don't have love for your brother, you are a liar and the truth ain't in you. Uh-oh. So maybe y'all need to start reevaluating who the Edomite is. Because if you hate him, you a liar and the, and the truth ain't in you. Let's continue. Deuteronomy 23, 7 through 8. Thou shalt not abhor or hate an Edomite, for he is thy brother. Thou shalt not abhor an Egyptian. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. The Hamites. I hear so many of these Hebrews, these nasty, dusty, uh, 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 you know, African jigaboos, all this stuff. Uh-oh. You shouldn't hate the Egyptian because thou wast a stranger in his land. The children that are begotten of them, who is them? The Edomite and the Egyptian, the Edomite and the Hamite, shall enter into the congregation of the Lord in their third generation. Oh, my God. So you telling me, uh-oh, if you believe that the Edomite is the white man, that now in their third generation, which they've had more, way more than three generations after this scripture was written, they can enter into the congregation of Israel? Man, bet you never heard that scripture before. Or if you have heard it, it's some kind of way, doctrinized away, saying, that, oh, well, when they came out, they was in a mixed multitude. So because they couldn't really figure out who was who, they was like, well, we're just going to rock with everybody for a while until we figure stuff out. That ain't what the scriptures say. Scriptures plainly says, do not hate the Edomite. Do not hate the Egyptian. And they can be part of Israel in their third generation. Now, there are some who we talk about the Amorite and the Moabite. And the Most High, like I said, I don't care if it's their 10th generation. They'll never be part of Israel. But the Edomite, the Egyptian, they can get in. But you probably would never heard of this. And you're probably sweating now and, 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 and squirming in your seat and trying to find a way to, 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 uh, to disregard the scripture. But it's scripture. These are the words of the guy that you claim that you believe in, that you follow. So now here's the question. The free thinker follows the most high no matter what. The person who has a debt mind, your mind and your thoughts are in debt to your leaders. You're just going to brush the scripture away because really your leader has become your God. He has become your living Torah. She has become your living Torah. And you don't believe the words any longer of the God you claim to serve. You only believe the words of the God you claim to serve when it fits your agenda. When it sounds like it's hating white folks. When it sounds like it's hating on Hamites. When it sounds like it's pushing your agenda. But if it's not pushing the agenda of this camp. If it's not pushing the agenda of this assembly. If it's not pushing the agenda of this compound. If it's not pushing the agenda of this fellowship. Then we're going to find some kind of way to doctrinize it, theologize it, uh, use history or something to, to make the scripture obsolete. You ain't no different than the Pharisees at the times of Yahshua. When he was telling them truth to their face, and they found some kind of way to twist it up and make the people believe that he was a heretic, and they strung him up on a tree off of some false witnessing. But that's what happens when your leaders are prideful. That's what happens when you are prideful. You don't want to admit when you're wrong. But we ought to be humble in leadership and when we follow. 
if something don't sound right and you do your research and you find out it's not right, you should have the freedom to go to your captain, to go to your deacon, to go to your bishop, to go to your moray and say, listen, in a respectful way, because you, you chose to submit yourself to this leadership. They didn't come begging you. You chose to submit yourself to this leadership. So in a respectful way, hey, moray, hey, bishop, hey, deacon, listen, I was reading this right here. And it sounds to me that it's not saying exactly what you were saying. Can you please explain this to me? And if he gives you the same explanation, feel free to go to somebody else. Go to two or three more people. Get your witnesses and make sure that you have the right stuff. Because it, it would be a shame to live this way all your life or the life that you got left and find out you were doing it all wrong. All because... You couldn't be a free thinker. All because you couldn't be a free thinker. Here's another one. Here's another one. So obviously we see the brothers on the corners or whatever. You see the YouTube stuff. Uh, you see the teaching on some of these assemblies. And they, you know, death. Uh, I, can't, I can't wait till Babylon fall. I can't wait. These, so I always got something attached to a white man. So that tells me you got you, you dealing with trauma. <laughs> you got trauma that you ain't dealt with, right? Uh, I can't wait till they fall. I can't wait. These these doggone Edomites. Hold on, I'm trying to pull up the scripture now. I can't wait till the white man fall. And every time something uh, something happened, you know. It's like, yeah, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I'm trying to get there. Hold on, y'all. It's, it's Proverbs 24, 17, 18. That's where we're going. Proverbs 24, 17, and 18. I'm on my phone because I don't have my, my Bible right in front of me. My phone is tripping. Anyway. So you see all these people rejoicing when their enemies fall, which I can have uh, respect. So, so as I'm recording this, if you guys haven't heard about the whole Brother Polite stuff, just, just, just Google Brother Polite and it'll pop up. I'm not going to discuss what's going on. But one of his staunch opponents was a brother that's in the way uh, or a brother that's, uh, that lives the Hebrew life by the name of Zion Lex. A lot of you have heard them. They've, they've gotten into a lot of different heated debates, whether face-to-face -face or, or indirectly. Um. But one thing I can respect about the brother Zion Lex is that when the news broke about Brother Polite and folks was on his live celebrating the fall of Brother Polite, he blocked them. He said, yo, this is not a time to be celebrating. Whether or not Brother Polite believes what we believe, he's still our brother. And the person that he abused is our sister. We should not be celebrating this. It's not a time to gloat and say, ha, 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 he, 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 look at you. Why not? Because Brother Zion understands Proverbs 24, 17, and 18. It says, rejoice not when thine enemy falleth. Rejoice not when thine enemy falleth. And let not thine heart be glad when he stumbles. Least the Lord see it. And it displeases him, and he turn away his wrath from him. 
The Most High is displeased when we rejoice in the fall and the stumbling of our enemies. But again, that's something you may not hear from your leader because they're teaching you that you should be celebrating when your enemy falls, when your enemy stumbles. That's why Yahshua would say, love your enemy. He's not teaching anything new. He's again, he's teaching the law and the prophet. The correct way. But when you're not a free thinker, you find yourself getting angry with white folks. You find yourself getting angry with Christians, Muslims. You find yourself getting angry with the Ashkenazi and the Sephardic Jews. Well, we ought to be loving the people that irritate the hell out of us and not wishing for their downfall, nor their stumbling, and not rejoicing when it happens. But when you don't have a free-thinking mind, you can't do any of that stuff because pride has clouded your vision because now you, 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 the pride of your leader has overtaken you, and you believe your leader's stuff don't stink. And you voice out of your mouth that he can or she can be wrong. But you don't live your life that way. You never investigate anything that they say outside of. So if I'm at Camp ABCD, if I'm at Assembly ABCD, I can't just research their teachings only. If there's something that don't sound right to me when I'm reading on my own, I need to research that thing. I ain't saying go out there and listen to, to six and seven, eight, nine different people because then you're just going to be sounding crazy because you're going to be getting pulled all, all kind of different ways. But maybe there's somebody that used to be in your assembly that's like, yo, uh, it just wasn't right. Or somebody that is in your assembly, that is in your camp, like, yo, this is not right. Investigate that thing for yourself. Have, be a free thinker. Have a debt-free mind. Because free thinking, ladies and gentlemen, is the new Harriet Tubman, believe it or not. Do not get sucked in and trapped in to all these different teachings and all these different ideas. When you ain't got two, or, it ain't got two or three witnesses to stand on. We have to do better as a community when it comes to the stuff that come out of our mouth. Because unfortunately, every word that comes out of our mouth will be judged. And if we're teaching people to do the wrong stuff, you're going to be judged a whole lot more harshly than those who are humbling themselves and actually trying to find the truth. And not just attaching themselves to trauma and claiming that it's actually true. So my brother, my sister, I love you. I hope this uh, episode blessed you. And I hope that you can have the courage to be a free thinker. As always, keep it 98 plus 2. Seek the truth. Live out the truth. And tell everybody about it. Shalom, brothers and sisters.